It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did it get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, being part of the program. We had some several really good texts last hour. I got a phone call. Welcome both coming into the second hour here in the Full Court Press here in the 5 o'clock hour, 435-339-0321. If you want to text in, 435-752-1069. If you want to call in, and we had Craig call last hour, voicing several concerns about this Utah State men's basketball program. Uh, Three-point shooting, low-post presence, and really is there a a player on this team this year that opponents would be afraid of? And I don't know that we can answer that. I don't think you can identify somebody just yet. Yeah. The one thing that teams will be scared of will be funk shooting three-pointers which is a very specific thing, and that's not something you can build your team around. Unless he's Steph Curry, in which case you can build your team around that. But Steph yeah. Curry is – we don't have time to go into that. You know, Funk is going to be the guy they're going to go to for shooting. That's why you kind of – you'll pen Funk in as a probably the leading scorer. Maybe pencil him in as leading scorer. Pen him in as a double-digit scorer. He will get his shots, and you, you'll, you look at him on film, and he's the guy that will – you know, he shoots 37% from three – but on like dang near seven attempts, which when you understand that kind of volume in a game, shooting 30 37% is very impressive. And then when you watch what those three-pointers look like, their movement threes, you know, off screen, um, not so much off the dribble. He's not much of an off the dribble kind of guy, but he will hit the more difficult threes. And he's going to be very valuable in that sense. And I'd look for Odom to drop a lot of different ways to get Funk open and he's proven to be able to get open and then hit shots even when they're contested. And at six foot nine, there's not too many guys who are going to be able to bother his shot at the college level. So yeah, he'll have the length to have his release point higher than most guys in that out on the perimeter could challenge. Yeah. And so I know one of our texters asked last hour about three point shooters. I started going through a couple off the top of my head, and and there's three guys on this team who I think are going to be reliable three point shooters. Funk is obviously the top one. He may not be a leader in three-point percentage, but he will be your most valuable three-point shooter based on his ability. Uh, Ashworth, he shot 39% last season. Really good. He'll even hit some off the dribble coming off screens. Uh, And then obviously catch and shoot, you know, when you're going kind of inside-outside, driving kick. He'll be able to hit some of those. Uh, Shulga in low volume last year, like 1.3 attempts per game, Shot 45% from three. It'll be interesting to see if he can maintain any sort of, you know, anything close to that percentage on maybe two or three attempts this year. Um, If he can, then, you know, you have three guys who consistently shoot the three. Other than that, though, the rest of them are kind of iffy. 
You know, Idlerock was slightly below average last year, but if he gets back to what he did at UMBC, then he, you know, he he joins Ashworth and Funk and Shulga as guys who you can consistently rely on, because. Idle Rock was shooting dang near 40% at UMBC. I think he eclipsed 40% the year before he came to Utah State. Um, other guys, you know, Falslev, good three-point shooter in high school. It's kind of iffy how that translates, especially year one for, for well, kids. And having so much time away from the basketball, yeah. that takes a minute to get that muscle memory going back again. Yeah, so year one, it's kind of a coin flip. Isaac Johnson, I've heard Plenty of people say he can shoot threes. He made them in high school. I've seen numbers where he made a certain number of threes. It doesn't tell many how many he attempted, so I don't know what his percentages are and a lot of different things. And so I just got to wait and see if he'll actually take threes, um, much less make them. Well, after I went up to practice last week and you and I were talking, and uh, I think I said this over the air, I think this is going to be a team that will be it, – its strength will be the sum of all of its parts. Now, granted, I didn't see Taylor Funk playing because he, he's got his foot in a boot and he's broke his foot. Um, should be back close to the start of the season. Um, so I didn't really get a chance to see much of him. Maybe he is that uh, you know a bigger difference maker. Yeah, and well, I think that he can be. You know, based yeah. on what he did at St. Joe's and what his history is. Yeah, and the good thing is we have like a record and film and stats of him, so I'm more confident yes. in what he can do. I just have no clue who Isaac Johnson is. Yeah, but when you look at the team as a whole, it's more of a sum of its parts. Everything has to be working in concert with each other. I don't know that I see somebody who can in the clutch take over a game that guy i don't see on this team right now at least maybe in a year or two that person is on the squad develops into that player but right now if you're in a tight ball game and you need somebody to just go get a bucket i don't know who that is i have a hard time seeing that so it's going to be let's run the system and let's run the play and with the sum of our parts we'll make something happen yeah, and that's kind of scary to be honest, because when it gets tight in close conference games, or if you're in a tournament, sometimes you just need somebody who can go get you a bucket. And they lacked that a little bit last year, and I don't know that that's been totally solved this year either. I, I'd say it hasn't been solved, unless I'm completely surprised by something. It hasn't been, and they've gotten worse on offense and probably worse on defense when you look at. You know, the sum of these parts. They didn't really address any of their weaknesses. I guess in terms of three-point shooting, they did bring in Funk, who's a good three-point shooter. So props to that. But perimeter defense, didn't really address that. Uh, Weaknesses inside, didn't really address that. If you're looking as far as bringing in somebody who can replace Horvath and kind of maintain what Horvath was doing at the five, they didn't address that. So... You know, maybe they didn't bring in a rim-protecting big, but they didn't bring in a replacement for Horvath. So they got worse there in whatever system they're going to try and run, be it five out or something. So just looking at it now, Utah State is worse than they are last year. Now preseason, there's a lot of unknowns, and we can be wrong about a lot of things. So we're going to have to wait and see. But from what information I have right now, 
all of it is telling me that Utah State is worse than it was last year. Well, I think the the the, the trick that uh, or, or the uh, the pitfall that many of us you know have is that we want to compare this year's team to what we saw a, a year ago, and I, I I'm having a hard time saying that this team is going to be worse than last year's team. I think it will be different than last year's team. And I think there's some things that I I want to give some guys a chance to see how they've developed what they've done in their own offseason. I'm really curious to see what Max Shulga looks like now, gaining confidence, playing internationally at pretty high-level basketball. Sean Barstow, is he gaining confidence? Is he improving his game? Rylan Jones, this is his last rodeo. Is he going to... You know, improve his game to help his team in different ways. So this team is going to look different than it did a year ago. But I also see that this is a coaching staff that has a certain way that they're going to try to run this thing, and it may not be like what some of us would expect or would be priorities in our minds. And uh, we're just, I, I, I got to see it work. I got to see it play out. And I'm not going to be able to see that in an exhibition game. A scrimmage will tell me some things, but not everything. And so it might not be until a couple of games into the season before I really get a sense for what this team's really like. It might be mid-November before I really get a sense for what this team is all about. Maybe. Well, I mean, you get a few games in, and I think we'll already have a pretty good idea. Because to me, I don't think the team will be that different. There is going to be some inherent difference because of some change in personnel. That's, you know, Horvath's departure is going to be the biggest difference, I think. Um, You know, Justin Bean obviously has an impact, but they have something of a replacement for him in Funk. They have no replacement for Horvath. Um, So you'd you'd put Funk more as a replacement for Bean than for Horvath? It's tricky because... I see Funk more as a, a, a Horvath, not as tall, but similar to the way how he plays the game. Perhaps I think they're going to try and use Funk more like they did Horvath. It's more I'm saying Funk more as replacement of Bean because he's going to be playing power forward. He's not really going to be that five that Horvath was, and he's not capable of pretending that he's a five the way that Horvath was able to do that. Where Horvath's true position was the four, but being 6'10", he got away with being a five, and he did just fine at it for the most part. True. Um, Funk is not really going to be capable of playing the five in any long stretch and you don't want him to I do think they're going to try and run the pick and pop to death with him or at least they should, certainly should be trying and they did the pick and pop with Horvath they didn't do it as much with Bean although it's weird because Horvath you know, he was willing to shoot but wasn't good at it Bean didn't like shooting but was good at it his senior season Um. so now I lost where I was going with this whole train when you asked me that question <laughs> Um, I guess just talking about differences because I guess on the, in the front court that, that's where the biggest difference is going to be because that's where the biggest shakeup is. Right. Shulga he'll have a larger role and so there's going to be maybe some difference there. But Bearstow I don't see him making a huge leap uh, in terms of ability. He might have a jump statistically because of opportunity. Um, really, the only place where he can get a ton of improvement is his three point shot. But if he hasn't done that by now. There's not a whole t- lot of time left for him to do that. 
Bean was able to make that huge jump three-point-wise his last season, but there yeah. was a big obvious reason why he did that. And that was because he finally started getting, getting rid of that hitch in his shot. And he was a good shooter in high school. He was a decent one. And he developed that hitch and it ruined his shot for a while. Got rid of it, went back. Barristow has never been a good shooter. So where's it going to come from? So, and maybe he can develop and do something and get better. But, you know, I, I, so he's going to be fairly similar. Jones and Ashworth are basically who they are. They're not going to change all that much. So the backcourt's going to be virtually the same. It's going to operate very similar. It's going to have some of the same strengths. It's going to have all the same weaknesses. And then you just kind of work with, you know, the slightly different front court. So I think this team's going to be very similar. It'll struggle at times with three-point shooting, maybe be a little better than last year with Funk in the mix. But it's going to struggle in interior defense, you know, and it's going to have some other problems too. So I don't think this team's going to be all that different systematically. But again, the talent is worse in my opinion at least based on the information i have well and there's also z z hamoda you know making uh uh making progress yeah refining his game because he's pretty raw he was pretty raw last year yeah we saw we saw flashes with his athleticism and some of the things that he could do and i mean i saw some good things in practice from him so you know what what steps does he take in his development as well A, a perimeter player who has the ability to attack the rim. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Where's he going to come into the rotation? He was barely in the rotation last year, and nobody's moved on to give him room in the rotation. He's not beating out Barristow. He's not beating out Idle Rock. He's not beating out Sholga, and Sholga's supposed to... We're thinking he's going to get a few more minutes. Like, where is Hamoda coming in? He's not. He's, like, as much as... I, I really love Z Hamoda. Like, I love his athleticism and that theoretical potential that we all tend to love. But I just don't see him jumping into the rotation because there's not room for him. And if we're thinking Mason Falslib's going to make an impact, he's going to have to jump in there too. So you know, we can like the potential of Falslib and Hamoda, but I, I worry, are they going to get into the game at all? Because Odom's not going to bench his veteran guys to play these youngsters who are unproven. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They, they've got a little bit longer uh, ramp to uh to to get going and to get opportunities to uh, to get on the floor. Yeah, and so for me that's one of the reasons why I don't see this team changing a whole lot because there's some change in the starting lineup in the front court and so there's some differences there, but the backcourt's going to be the same because even though there's theoretically new guys there, they're not going to play barring injury. Couple of texts coming through on our full court press text line 5634 says False Love is very capable of getting double digits. He was awesome in high school. Yes, I loved him in high school. I just need to see how he's going to work in college. Confident he can. True freshman. That, that's a bit tricky to expect him to be able to do that as a true freshman. But down the road, I like what I saw out of False Live because he's not, you know, Z Himoto is a guy who's all based off his athletic potential. Didn't show a whole lot skill-wise. I've seen False Live's skill, and it is real. Now, he can handle the ball. And like I said, three-level scorer. And that translates, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And just getting up to speed at the collegiate level. I think that Foslov can be there. I just I just don't know if he will be there this year. If he'll be a double-digit scorer this season, I agree with you. Will he even have opportunity on the court to, to, to get there? Will he be able to play that many minutes? 
I think he has that potential, and I think he's going to be a great Aggie um, in uh, in years to come. I just don't know how much he's going to be able to see the court this year, with considering some of the other veteran guys that are ahead of him right now at that position. I think he's the guy who could have an absolutely stellar. Well, I guess it would be a redshirt freshman year, I suppose. If if he, uh, I guess I don't know if he he may or may not redshirt this year because they may try and use him on the court. Well, some. yeah. So it depends. Depending on you know his his second season with Utah State could end up actually being a huge breakout if he has the potential we all think he does because suddenly he's going to be jumping in for Ryland Jones and R.J. Adlerock is going to be leaving. So you're going to have two big holes in the backcourt rotation. Falslev steps in. He's got a year under his belt where he's worked on his game, worked his way back into into playing shape and playing form. And so he could have a really good breakout year next year. So we're just going to have to wait and see how that, that ends up working. Right. The, the opportunity, there's much more opportunity for him next season than there is this. Yeah, and that's where these breakouts come from, these big jumps come from. Is Which, a, frankly, is not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Because it, it gives him a, a year to hone his skill Understand the the system, get caught you know caught up to the the speed of college basketball, and then he can come in and be an impact player right away. Uh, more of your texts coming through. This is from four seven eight one. Should the Jazz tank for Victor freaking Alien, Wenbayama? <laughs> and I'd I'd like them to. Everybody after seeing the tape of. Wenbayama from this week as uh, he's been playing some games in Las Vegas. Every marginal team, even some that are maybe playing tournament type teams, should be doing their darndest to lose every game possible to try to get this guy. But here's the problem. You do that and you still only have a 14% chance because the way that they have changed the rules about the potential of getting that first overall pick. So, I mean, it's very possible there's going to be some play-in teams they're going to have in the mid-20s because everybody's going to try to get this guy. Yeah, and the Jazz are going to be one of those teams trying to get victory. And their problem is they're not even going to be one of the worst teams. The Spurs are going to be pretty bad, and there's a couple others that are probably going to be worse than the Jazz. So the Jazz are probably going to be looking somewhere in the five to five to eight, seven or eight range, which we've seen plenty of teams go from that range to first. Uh, just pray to Lady Luck and whatever gods of luck you can find, <laughs> and pray to all of them. Well, and they have three picks that if they don't get that high, they could use those to move up potentially. Nobody's trading that number one pick, though. <laughs> Nobody in their right mind. No, in the right mind that. should. Look, I saw some clips of this guy today. What he was doing. He's what seven four, yeah. seven three, seven four. He he handles the ball and shoots the ball like Kevin Durant. Yeah, like I've I've seen him called a double XL Kevin Durant. I, I saw him back out and hit a three point shot with ease from thirty feet away. This it's. There's only one concern with this kid, and it's can his body handle, you know, doing what he does for you know, you know, at the NBA level and for a long period of time. Well, we were all excited about Chet Holmgren, and guy was not even going to play this year. Yeah, he broke his foot backpedaling or whatever he did. 
Torah tendon or something. Yeah. Yeah, Chet Holmgren is here. Wimbanyama is who Chet Holmgren is supposed to be. And it's also who Alexev Alexej Pokushevsky was supposed to be. Like here's this progressive. Pokushevsky was supposed to be Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren is like supposed to be Victor. Like that's there's this progression if we keep finding these unicorns. And uh Wimbanyama is like the ultimate unicorn. A guy who's three inches taller than Rudy Gobert. Like we've seen pictures of him standing there's some that came out today of Rudy and and Victor were standing next to each other, and Victor's like three inches taller yeah, than him. Juan is, is taller than, than Rudy Gobert, handles a rock with ease, shoots with ease. I mean, you can't defend his shot. Yeah. It's, his release point, and he has a little jump shot. I mean, there's nobody who can defend that. His jump shot release point may be above the rim. Like, and, literally. And he's not just an outside perimeter player either. He had like four and a half blocks today. Yeah, and he's got a post game too. Yeah. Like, it, his postgame in three are probably his biggest strengths right now. Uh, as far as his slashing ability, that will probably come if he's able to add a little bit more weight and strength. You know, kind of what Giannis is able to do, where Giannis is like the ultimate slasher in the NBA. And if Victor adds a Giannis level or close to Giannis level slashing ability, then like the dude could average 50 points a game if he wanted to. That's just how insane this kid could be. <laughs> Four seven eight one said the guy could be the Greek freak on steroids, and, and by the way, the the reference to alien. You know, LeBron James was asked about him, and he said he's not a unicorn; he's an alien. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's what it feels like. We there's no comparisons. There's no nothing. He's not Dirk Nowitzki. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not Shaquille O'Neal. He's not anybody. He's what the heck is he? He he might just be. You know, he might be the Monstars. Like it's just. <laughs> It's a seven foot four guy. It's like the guys I create in NBA two K that are seven foot seven and have, you know, perfect speed and shooting and everything. That's like that's like who he is. He's very fluid for somebody that tall. Yeah. It's very unnatural. Like I said, he moves like guys that are, you know, six eight, six nine. You know, he's not moving like a guard. He's still, you know, lumbering and long. But in the same way that Kevin Durant is, Kevin Durant's not particularly fast. Giannis isn't particularly fast. But they're able to move in ways that guys that tall should not. And then they use their length in crazy ways to get easy shots. And that's what Victor does. 4781 with a follow-up. Jazz have enough draft capital that if they want him, they can get him. They just have to buy the franchise that gets Victor <laughs> and then trade to the Jazz. We will trade all of our future draft capital, all of the players on our bench, uh, a bucket of fry sauce, and, um, I don't know, some Cox's honey. We'll trade Carl Malone's MVP <laughs> to you. <laughs> couple car dealerships uh yeah good talk um a couple more texts coming through uh some more questions that you have we'll get to those uh, more thoughts if uh, if you want to weigh in about utah state basketball as they have their scrimmage tomorrow night what are you going to be watching for who will you be paying close attention to and also utah state football hosting air force saturday night five o'clock kickoff on merlin olsen field our pregame coverage will begin at 3 30 here on the fan and on kvnu Saturday afternoon. So what's going to happen? Jason and I will share our predictions, how we think things will play out, what the score will look like, and love to get your score predictions as well. 435-339-0321.
Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Bestanova, Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Join us at Prodigy Brewing to celebrate Oktoberfest. Delicious specials going on now through the end of October. Come on down and enjoy brats and German potato salad served with our house-made sauerkraut and mustard. Tankards and house-brewed beer. You keep the tankard. Find us on Instagram for updates on new events throughout the month of October. Whether you're out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204. Today. See store for details. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. It's a rivalry renewed from the Cotton Bowl as the Oklahoma Sooners take on the Texas Longhorns in the 2022 Red River Showdown. Hi, this is Greg Daniels. Join Steve Berline and me for all the action as the records and rankings are thrown out the window for this annual Big 12 matchup. It's Oklahoma and Texas. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday morning, beginning at 9.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and streaming at 106.9thefan.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 106.9thefan.com. Mountain West Motor has a great selection of vehicles starting at around 20K, $20,000. You can visit their website for their current inventory and pricing. Make sure to follow them on Instagram for current promos and events. A lot of great videos 
that they shared from their event this last Saturday going up Providence Canyon. So go check it out. Mountain West Motors at 615 North Main and Logan or MWMotor.com. So a um, couple more texts coming through about Utah State basketball. Um, as we were talking about their scrimmage coming up on Saturday, not Saturday, Friday, Friday at 7 for USU Blue White scrimmage. Uh, 2603, tell us more about Funk. Where did he come from? Uh, he... Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Transfer from uh, St. Joe's? Yeah, St. Joseph's or St. Joe's. It says St. Joe's on the uniform, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so six foot eight, three point shooter. That's his thing. To le- over the last two seasons at St. Joe's, he actually averaged 17 points a game in. Uh, 2020 slash 21. Um, then he averaged 13 points the next year. Uh, not quite as good. Had a weird dip in his two point shooting percentage. Like his, his three point shooting went up, but he went from shooting 67% on twos to 48%. That's so it was curious. weird. Like his overall shooting percentage went from 48 to 40. I don't know why it happened that in that specific area. But you're not too concerned about his two-point shooting percentage because he is a three-point shooter. Like, he's taken over 350 three-pointers in the last two seasons. And that's a lot. And I was trying to do some quick research to find out how many players have taken that many. And he's he's made, over the last two seasons, about 36.5% of his threes. Which, at that volume, yes, like 36% is only a few percent over, like, the college average. But at that volume, there's a lot of value to that. It's like how Steph Curry is not the leader in three-point percentage. I don't think he ever has been in his career. But that's not what matters. He makes... He's a volume shooter. So he he makes the, you know, a lot of valuable threes. So sure, he's missing some of them, but there's there's a lot of value in what he's doing. So yeah, I am going to still try and figure out this quick research, how many people attempted as many threes as he did over the last two seasons that shot... Anything in terms of a similar percentage? So, if you give me a few seconds, I'll almost have those results. Well, while you do that, but he he you know, went healthy, right? With get his foot right, he is he will be the featured offensive player for Utah State. He'll be the guy. And what we just we haven't really seen him in this system yet to know how he'll be utilized. Could he be a guy who could just go get a bucket if you need it? Maybe, but it may be just in the in the flow of the of the system. I don't know that he's going to be somebody who can break down an opposing defense and you know make some moves, get to the rim, or get a defender on skates to clear space and, and hit an open mid range shot. Uh, he's he's not that kind of a guy, but yeah. he's a good scorer. He's got an eye for for the basket and knows how to knows how to score. Yeah. He- yeah, like I said, he's not a guy that's gonna. You're, like I said earlier, like the thing you're afraid of on the Utah State offense is like the specific thing of Taylor Funk shooting threes. It was kind of like the thing that Brock Miller was kind of <laughs> right as I'm about to say this. Five four five two said, "Is Funk going to be the new Miller?" Well, I'm saying that Funk is going to be the guy that Miller was kind of supposed to be, because Miller never had the three point percentage that you wanted. Um. So, 
Funk has basically been doing what Miller was supposed to be doing. So in a way, Funk is not necessarily a replacement for Horvath or Bean. In reality, he's more of a replacement of Miller, just at a slightly different position where Miller was more of a shooting guard small forward. Funk is more of a power forward, small forward type. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it may be right that it's, that Funk is more of a uh, a Miller, I'd say, upgrade. Akin is probably a Bean downgrade, yeah. but a, a, a Bean replacement. Um, and then you got to be Dorius as your Horvath replacement, and that's definitely not an upgrade. And they're completely different Very players. Very different styles, yeah. Like so. I, and that's kind of what going back to what I said earlier. I, I think that this year's team will be will be different in certain ways than last year's team because the, the personnel is vastly vastly different, especially in that uh, in that front court. I think that's going to change how this team operates. Um, and and I'm curious to see how, what guys have done in the off season to elevate their game. Yeah, so I was doing my research, and, and I feel like I found something where Funk was a little more isolated in his ability because in the last two seasons, like I said, he shot 36.5% from three on 351 attempts. So there's 45 players that over the last two seasons have basically done that. 36% shooting, more than 350 attempts. So I guess 45 players out of you know 300-some-odd schools, not bad company. It's not super exclusive, but it does show you this is a guy who, on volume, can hit in ways that not too many players can. Yeah. So uh, I think this will still be a team that will rely heavily on, or I don't want to say rely, but there's a focus. There's definitely a, a, an emphasis, maybe that's a better word, that um, multiple players can handle the ball. Multiple players can bring the ball up the court. Multiple players can shoot from the perimeter. Ryan Odom is more of a modern basketball mind. It's not the throw it into the low post, back your guy down, and maybe kick it back out or or just out muscle him to the rim. Um, it's um, you know letting these guys handle the ball and shoot from the outside. And uh, yes, there's a system. There's a there's a there's a, a way that the that they run plays, but there's there's freedom for guys to put up shots from outside, and that that's definitely an emphasis on this team and this coaching staff. Yeah, and so there there is some shooting and, and more shooting than last year, I think. Um, the issue I do have is you, know, you mentioned having a guy who can just go out and get a bucket, and usually that takes the form of being able to get to the rim. Because I said earlier, every coach wants a layup. You know, they don't want threes, they want layups. And having a team that's dependent on shooting is not great because um, they don't last very long. You uh, have an off night. Yeah. And you lose games you're not supposed to lose. You win some games maybe you weren't supposed to win, but more often than not it hurts, especially because this isn't an elite shooting team. They have some good shooting, and one shooter that I could consider maybe elite in funk, but... You know, if you're only good at three-point shooting, then you're going to be in real trouble if you try and depend on threes. You have to be able to score multiple places on the floor, not just 
at the perimeter. Yeah, and there's like one guy on this team who I'm comfortable at attacking the rim, and that's Bearstow. He's thankfully gotten so much better at that than when he came in. Yes. When he came in, I was like, this guy's going to be a slasher. He's going to be good. And then I watched him. I was like, holy cow, he can't, he can't finish at the, at the rim. Now he can. Right. And He's, his confidence was greatly you know, shaken. And I think Odom has been working to reestablish that confidence and build him up. And I think that's you know, one of the guys that's going to have to play a key role for Utah State this year. Yeah. And I think he has that opportunity to do it. And I think if there's some way they can get this offense going, it's in doing as much drive and kick as you can. Um, especially because when you look at Ryland Jones, and even to a degree Steven Ashworth, these are two guys who are good at getting to their spots, Jones especially. Jones can get to anywhere he wants on the court. Basically it will. His problem is there's only one place he can score on the court, and that's the three-point shot because he's too short to – to finish at the rim, and he's not a good mid-range shooter. And unfortunately, he's not very good at three-point shooting either. So that's kind of the issue. Is that he can get anywhere he wants on the court. And you know, he can collapse the defense. He just can't finish over or around anybody. So really try to use that skill as much as possible, drive and kick, do the same with Ashworth, who's a little bit more of a threat in the mid-range and on, and on three-pointers. Drive and kick, run the pick and roll and the pick and pop with Taylor Funk, run the pick and roll with Akin, or maybe Isaac Johnson. Uh, depending on how good he is. And then, you know, try, try and do as much inside-outside as you possibly can because that's something that you have going for him. It's some kind of offensive system that I feel comfortable saying Utah State has some proficiency in because they have some of the personnel to use it. Jones can get around screens and force defenses to react to him. He'll struggle a little bit punishing them himself but he can use his teammates. That's kind of where we talk about the sum of the parts that you were bringing up, where, okay, Jones can't finish, but use his teammates after he's creating an advantage and then go from there. And that's something they can kind of go with where it's a repeatable process. All right, let's go on to the phone lines again. Don joins the Full Court Press. What do you think, Don? What's on your mind? Yeah, I was just listening to your comments about uh, Mason Falsley. I saw him play in high school. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. He's an amazing shooter. Amazing ball player. Kind of thought, like, took me back to when J.C. Carroll came here. He's kind of in the same case. He was just off his mission, and Stu Morrill really, uh, really believed in him. He had a phenomenal freshman year. So I just wondered if uh, the coach would give him an opportunity to show himself. Oh, yeah, it's a fair question, and there have been several examples. J.C. Carroll's a great one. Sam Merrill was another who came right, off of his mission, right. and they, they couldn't not play him. He was too good. And so they had to find ways to get him minutes and find opportunities for him. And you know, J.C., probably a better example there, where Sam was on a, in a situation where the, the team was struggling and they needed offense. They desperately needed guys who could score. Right, yeah. J.C. came true. onto a squad that was already established and had guys who could score. He was just that good that he, he just – they needed to find more ways to get him involved. Now, right. Mason, maybe he has that same opportunity this year with some questions that we've been raising. Uh, yeah, like you said, he, there's a little bit more foundation in the in the Aggie team this year, so he may have to find his way in. So, yeah, and that's what it were. But I, I've seen teams or coaches that are just too stubborn to let guys go up the ranks. You know, some guys may be struggling, and they won't bench him, even though maybe they should be benched. 
Right. Yeah. Um, well, I was just thinking about the J.C. Carroll comparison, and but yeah, it's a little different, a little different situation. So anyway, that was my that was my thought. Yeah, great call, Don. Appreciate it, and it's a good. It, 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 look, there's there's precedent. It's happened before. Um, J.C. came in, and I don't know that there was great scoring from the guard play at that time when he arrived on campus. Sam Merrill, similar. There wasn't great scoring at the guard position when he showed up with Mason Falslev. Is there great scoring at, at the guard position right now? Well, no. No, 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 they're really not consistently. Ryland Jones can help the team in certain ways. Steven Ashworth in certain ways. R.J. Adelrock has been inconsistent. But is Mason going to take time away from some of those guys? That's a big question. We, we, look, for everybody around here, we saw him play in high school. We saw how he developed as a player. He's an aggressive physical player and improved his game every year. It's also an athlete. Kid's good as an athlete. Yes, great he, point. Once he got to his senior year, he started throwing down dunks, and he was showing to be oh, fast. He was throwing those down his junior year too. Yeah, but much more as a senior. Like you know, he you could see his progression at becoming a better and better athlete, adding verticality, adding speed, and also adding ball handling and, and shooting and things like that. Because at the beginning of his senior year, he'd already I think by that time he'd already committed to the Utes, and I was watching him and I was like. How is this kid a Pac-12 athlete? And then by the end of the year, I was like, yeah, this kid's a Pac-12 athlete. (laughs) (laughs) And that just kind of shows his development and how much better he got. Ended up leading a four-seeded Skyview to a a state title. Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, developed his game, improved his outside shooting, shot a lot more threes his senior year and, and became more consistent. So he's... He he kind of reminds me of Raleigh Worcester, where Raleigh was a great football quarterback in Montana. Besides a, a really good basketball player, it's a really similar situation with Mason. Mason's not afraid to get physical and attack, um, but how consistent can he be with his outside shot? That may be the one thing that determines how much playing time he gets. Yeah, it's interesting because Worcester was a really good shooter in high school, and it wasn't still hasn't translated to college. He was a three-level scorer in high school. Hasn't been that in college, so that's, that's why I worry sometimes with Mason. Is like we see this in high school, and just randomly, seemingly, it doesn't translate. So because right, the guys guarding you in the perimeter in college very different than the guys guarding you in the perimeter in high school. Yeah, but I think the big difference. Is I think Mason's a better athlete than Wooster was, so there's some hope there. All right, we've got to take a timeout here in the Full Court Press. Love to continue to get your comments on that. We will pivot to talk about Utah State football, give our predictions and previews for the matchup on Saturday, our score predictions, and a little bit later on, our pick six, the six things we think might happen this weekend. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. Attention business owners. Did COVID negatively impact your business? 
shutdowns, supply chain issues, or other government mandates that changed your operation? Even if your business made money during the pandemic, you might qualify for the employee retention credit. Let us help your company receive a payroll tax refund authorized by the federal government CARES Act. Tax and payroll specialists will help maximize your refund amount with no out-of-pocket costs. Timing is critical. Call today, 435-213-3200, or go to ercgonow.com, ercgonow.com. Essie Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from Essie Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to EssieNeedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. I try to find the oldest, most bloated, fattest, baldest balls we can and uh, uh, make them slick. Eric, we don't need to hear about your surgery. <laughs> oh. Troy Calhoun, so I, weird. I really hope nobody's told him about the fact that we just keep playing his clips. I mean, he says it. <laughs> he said it out loud. We're making fun of him for oh, it, but he'll gosh. he'll like mention after the game. I there's a local radio station that's making fun of me. <laughs> Except he'll say it in some weird, twisted, convoluted... <laughs> he'll mix some metaphor and have that uh, crap-eating grin on his face. They were striking while the iron was hot, but it was really cold. It was cold as a, as a blizzard. Something <laughs> some weird. <laughs> Down the river and under the bridge. To Grandma's house. <laughs> they buried that behind Grandma's house down the river and through the woods and... Ah, uh, seven nine nine four texting in. Does this team have anyone who can consistently score inside? We tried an outside scoring shooting team with Coach Durier, and it failed. I said Bears feels like the only guy I think who can consistently get to the rim. Um, hopefully, maybe Isaac Johnson has a post game. Zapala, of all the centers, probably has the most developed post game. Although that's a bar low enough that Satan's tripping over it in hell. So, <laughs> the best post players in basketball are on the women's team right now. Yeah, that. so the question is, can can Dorius, and I think for him it's more like putbacks. I don't think you're going to run a system through Dorius. Yeah, Dorius doesn't have the footwork in the post to, or the touch. Yeah, can Z, Z can attack the rim. Yeah, Z's, Z's can got... Can Max Sholga, can he attack the rim? Can he do some scoring? Yeah. Aiken... Uh, don't know. Maybe. I, yeah, I guess I can. He's he doesn't create his shot. He can attack the rim. He can't necessarily create his shot at the rim. 
because he's more of a guy that you're looking at putbacks and dumps off, dump offs, and he's finishing those. So he'll probably be your leader in like points in the paint. Zapala, if he was able to get some, he does have good footwork and he has a little bit of touch. But if he develops some consistency, maybe he can develop into a good player. I was always hoping he could kind of replicate Nico Carvacho. I was hoping he'd be something like that, you know, below the rim type center. Mm. Um, good rebounder and is able to bruise down low and, and make some buckets, but he's not developed into that, unfortunately. All right, we got to quickly pivot to Utah State football because we're running out of time here. But uh, Utah State taking on Air Force tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, on Saturday. Um, seeing how this game plays out, looking it up, it looks like uh, the Las Vegas odds makers, for entertainment purposes only, are <laughs> favoring Air Force by 10.5 and, a half and uh, sending the over under at 54.5. Um, I think this game will be a game which Air Force still controls the game. I think that Utah State has shown improvements, and I like the where they're trending. I thought they played well against a top 25 football team a week ago, but Saturday's going to be a very different animal. And I'm concerned that Utah State is not quite there yet. Um, it's a big game. It's an important game. But I still have Air Force with the win. Yeah, so do I have Air Force with the win. Actually, I have them covering by a lot, actually. My my score prediction is not optimistic. Um, and I think there's there's still going to be mistakes. Cooper Lagas is probably going to have two or three turnovers. Probably more picks than fumbles, but maybe could have another fumble. Um, you know, Utah State right now is dead last in giveaways. They have 15 of them. Next closest is 13. Ugh. So they're not even tied for last. They're straight up dead last. You have a score prediction for Saturday? Yeah, 41-20. So I'm going 35-21. Yeah. We're not too far off. No, not really. Uh, 435-339-0321. If you want to give us your score prediction and how you think are going to play out on Saturday on Merlin Olson Field. And it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well-maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan, across from Angie's, can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying, and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. It's USU Homecoming Week, and you can show your Aggie pride with a stop at the Aggie fans' favorite place to shop, and that's Locker 42. They have a store full of everything Aggie. Aggie logo jackets and hoodies and long and short sleeve t-shirts. Pick out a new Aggie hat from dozens of hat choices as well. Game time temperatures will be cool, but you can stay warm with a plush Aggie blanket. Shop the Locker 42 location that's the most convenient for you. 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars and the flagship store downtown at 36 South Main. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. 
The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here. Last couple of minutes of the Full Court Press and trying to predict what might happen this weekend with pick six. Jason has three lines. I take three lines. We'll throw in a tiebreaker for good sense because it's come down to the tiebreaker a few times for us. Yeah, he's been really close lately. Uh, let's see. Who won it last time? Did I win it? I won. You won it last I time. I won on a tiebreaker. Oh, that's right. Yes, you did. All right. Uh, so I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, number one, Air Force rushing yards. Over under 385 and a half. <laughs> uh, that's uh, way more than I had on one of my lines. <laughs> did you have the <laughs> No, really? So I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. Oh, uh, Cooper Legault rushing attempts. Sorry, what did you say? 385? 385.5. Uh, the next one is Cooper Legault rush attempts. He had 20 last week, over under 16 and a half. Legault rush attempts, how many? 16 and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the under. And then I'm stealing a line from Vegas for this next one. Points scored in the Patriots-Lions game. Vegas line is 45 and a half. We'll go off that. So combined points. How many? 45 and a half. Patriots and Lions. Um, I'm going to take the over. I'm also taking the over. All right. Now to you. All right. Now I'm going to have to steal one of yours. (laughs) All right. Rudy Gobert, points. At the Clippers in a preseason game on Sunday, setting at 12 and a half. So preseason, um, I'm going to go under. I'm going to take the over. Uh, number tw- 17, TCU, is at number 19, Kansas, on Saturday. A couple of unra- or, uh, undefeated teams scoring off. The over-under on that game is set at 69 and a half. Oh, jeez. Um, I'll take this. That's points scored? Yes, points scored. <laughs> Combined point total. Jeez, I'll take the under. That's a lot of points. I'm going to take the over. Let's have some fun. Yeah. So did you need one of my So backups? I need one of your other Okay, ones. we'll go with this one. Uh, Air Force pass attempts. Oh, over under seven and a half. Seven and a half? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the under. I think I'm going to take the over. All right. Then a tiebreaker. Um, which of the following quarterbacks will have the highest completion percentage this week? So you got to pick one of the four. Uh, Josh Allen plays the Steelers. Tom Brady versus the Falcons. Aaron Rodgers against the Giants. And just for fun, Geno Smith. Yeah. Who was the fourth? The third one? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. So Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Geno Smith. The highest passing completion? Yeah. Percentage? I guess I should only pick two of these because it's a tiebreaker. Um, I'll go with 
I'll go with Allen. I'll go with Geno Smith. Ooh, he's been high completion percentage. Yeah, I guess whoever has the highest of those four, that'll be who wins. So if you do, even if you didn't pick the winner, if yours, if Allen has more than Geno Smith or vice versa, that'll be who wins. You compare them to each other. Yeah, that's how we'll do it. All right. Okay, fair enough. That's our pick six. The six things we think might happen this weekend. We'll recalibrate and run the totals and see how we did on Monday. Um, yeah, interesting stuff there. We'll have to get into a little bit more about Utah State and Air Force tomorrow. We'll have time to do that, as well as preview the high school and college weekend. 